Hello, sisters, and welcome. Grab a drink and a familiar, cozy up by a bubbling cauldron, and join us for this meeting of the Sisters of the Night Caucus. Say hello, sisters. Hello, I'm Katie. I'm Shanna. And I'm Angela. And I'm Jillian. And we are recording today, um, having come home very recently from our Friendsgiving. And um, I'm both excited to be home, but like also sad because now your face is on a computer again. <laughs> I wish I wish we had had more time together. Yes. I know. Yes. Yeah. We need like a week long getaway. Yes. No, a retreat. A retreat. Um I have suggestions. Yeah. Love we could that. take that offline. <laughs> yeah. Um so I you know, I think first we're gonna do a little hexing. Um and uh who who wants to go first? your cat does shanna's cat looks very angry (laughs) um because she's not currently being spanked that's Uh, all she wants she just really likes being spanked well at some point we'll get some video of this to you uh our listeners perhaps only for patrons because it is quite spicy she really (laughs) likes getting like i don't like you can't understand until you see it (laughs) she wants to be spanked she likes it um, rough. <laughs> not little pats. No. Like little pats are not like, good enough. No. It's disturbingly <laughs> hard. <laughs> She's clearly enjoying it. Yeah. I will I will have to I'll share some footage for my yeah. my Patreon content. Excellent. Um, excellent. I will hex. I will hex my back because I'm yeah. old and I got drunk in a chair and sat stupid at Friendsgiving. <laughs> And threw my back out and I can't move. <laughs> because this is what happens to old people. And I feel so like decrepit. But also I get to lay here and snuggle my cat all day. So Yeah, that's Ow. pretty cool. As your cat bites you. <laughs> I give up on this day. I give up. I, this whole day is hexed. Oh my god. All right. Well, Katie, what do you want to hex? I am hexing the word belonging. Oh, I thought maybe I read that wrong. No, I read it right. It was Katie. Yeah, uh, yeah the word belonging. Why the word belonging, Katie? Well, Tell see, see, I I have been um doing doing a lot of um anti-racist work for a long time. Um mm-hmm. you know, lifelong journey if you will, but like we'll say like for a decade. Sure. And, uh, you know, a lot of people will say DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, and it's equity, not equality. Uh-huh. And, or DEIJ or JEDI. I like DEIJ because JEDI just opens a door for giggles when you're talking about serious things. True, um, true. Which is the word justice. Except now there's this DEIB bullshit for diversity, equity, inclusion and belonging belonging how the fuck do you do anti-racist work without talking about justice and liberation i and it's a complete like corporate move because oh my god poor white people 
we yeah. have to talk about belonging in the workplace like people have to be long no it's called fucking justice break the supremacy down like the, with the ultimate goal of being liberation right and it's very frustrating because i keep seeing more and more and more and people i know fucking buying into this like white people who i thought were doing better buying uh-huh. into deib when they still clearly need to be doing deij and it's super fucking frustrating no, we're talking about belonging because it makes white people feel better than justice. Also, just like at, in, I mean, I believe that I could define the difference, but like superficially, what the fuck is the difference between inclusion and belonging? So, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, like, they seem like ever so slightly different. And um, so, technically like the the most business-like response i will give you is Uh like inclusion is you know making sure that when you're in a meeting you are including the diverse voices that you have hired right sure okay like um but belonging is when they feel like they belong that's like the most corporate level definition i can give you and that's like okay that feels like a cool side effect of the work but like it doesn't feel like i don't know and it shouldn't replace justice on any level like the fuck just no just no um anybody doing deib can go ahead and get fucked number one i completely and totally agree with you 100 (laughs) percent. i mean but the the reality of the situation is play companies corporate businesses uh entities that are using deib now you know i mean they're they're doing that because justice implies a manner of externally interacting with the world for liberatory practices i'm going to throw it out there that like at least they're labeling themselves so that you know what you're getting because like if you I'm I'm being honest, like if, if it's a place that is starting to use D E I B language, then you know what you're getting. You know that they have abandoned even the concept of justice. And that's of true. What that's that true. Means to do that work both internally and externally in the world. And so like you can just be like, okay, I'm going to go into a soul-sucking. Uh, corporate environment worth uh, uh, full of microaggressions, outright aggressions, and inequality and inequity. Um, now, my my jumping off point from saying that is, um, if if you're if you're not a corporate environment and you're adopting that language, you want to think about what it means and what it's signaling to the world, especially mm-hmm. in the advocacy community. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Because it is not the same at all. But I do think, I mean, hey, if you don't mean liberatory language, by all means, don't use it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, solid flag. Good point. You know what you're walking into when you see that B. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Penn State what? Penn. I mean. What? I said Penn State what? Penn State. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, out here being like, what? No? Huh? Oh, us? Huh? We didn't know the Proud Boys were going to get violent. How could we have known? 
how could we have known? Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't. Um, Angela, do you want to go next or do you want me to go? You can go. Okay. Um, I would like to hex um this fucking terror dome of the society that we live in. Um today, the day that we were recording, um, or I guess maybe last night, very early in the morning hours, there was a shooting at a um gay nightclub in Colorado, and um 18 people were killed or injured i cannot remember the details five point. killed 18 injured five killed 18 injured thank you and the perpetrator uh is a 22 year old man um and i i'm really tired um and i feel like you know, on the one hand, I feel like distraught, and on the other hand, I feel numb. Um, because, like, I just, why do we have to, why, why, why? Um, and so to every politician, no matter your party, um, if you are anything less than 100% supportive of the LGBTQ community, uh, you can absolutely count on me telling you to get fucked. Um, and I am just done. I'm done. I'm done with it. I'm not. You cannot. We can't have this anymore. Um, and by this, I mean not just all of the gun bullshit that's everywhere. Like, uh, not just like the fact that we can't do something about guns because, you know, many, many politicians are too fucking chicken shit to do it. Um, but additionally, that we can't do anything about guns because many, many politicians, uh, especially conservatives, are like, but freedoms i need my freedom to carry my gun because i'm scared of the whole world are you who is gonna shoot you asshole no one um and then to for all of the fucking people who are willing to vote for legislation that specifically scapegoats and stigmatizes lgbtq folks most especially lgbtq youth um and again whatever your party oh i'll say it democrats included no mm -hmm. i know that that's not i was just weighing a name. I'm that's just, all i was just weighing a name we have a rule I, but i i mean this, I, keep, this keeps happening. I'll list off all of the bills and all of the Democrats who voted for it or against it. Um. So I'm just saying if you want to have a significant say in the policy platforms of our party, um, you should get your fucking shit together. 
I don't give a fuck what your district looks like. I don't give a fuck. I don't. Children. Children. And I am so tired of just some small subset. It really is like actually a small subset of Christianity's quote unquote morality being shoved on top of everything that we fucking do so that children have to be scared of being who they are when that who they are hurts no one so fuck you um i hope you get primaried and i hope you lose miserably and uh if you ever ask me about it in person i'll say it to your face With, with even more vehemence. With even more vehemence. With added vehemence. Oh, goodness. Added Please ask like, me about it in public. Listen, your your hacks flows directly into my hacks. Cool. Um, which was, um, which I feel like is like a, a asterisk part B. Yeah. Uh, which is, hey, guess what? So the same way that we have this problem being contributed to by the gun lobby and my freedoms, uh, specifically the Second Amendment, uh, mm-hmm. you know, funny thing here, because I want to talk about the First Amendment. And I, what I really want to talk about is uh, to just try. I want to hex. um basically this woke is a joke comedians can't tell jokes comedy is dead the woke mob's trying to cancel comedy you can't even tell jokes anymore blah 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 um i i want to hex that and i want to hex it with with this specific reasoning people are dying Okay, like people are dying, people are taking guns, and and they are are literally killing people all over the United States who um don't love like them, don't look like them, and that they are now uh, view as less than them, and so there is an enormous difference between let's say, let's just give a hypothetical example, uh, as a card carrying ACLU member, I'll use two. Uh, okay, ACLU defended people's rights to fly those stupid fuck Joe Biden flags everywhere. Love that. But why your dumb flag? Because guess what? It's not hurting anyone. No one cares no, if children see the flag. It literally, it, it affects nothing. It's 2022. It's a yeah. straight up free speech thing. Don't care. Okay, let's go. Let's go with another one. Classic example. Westboro Baptist Church. Horrible humans, just the absolute worst. They screamed obscenities at Mr. Rogers' funeral. I mean, how low can you go? However, guess what? Totally free speech. It's free speech. Yeah. However, where I would say the line goes is the Westboro Baptist Church holding megaphones and screaming something is very different than the Westboro Baptist Church 
taking, let's just say if they were worth millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars, which they're not, mm-hmm. and, and starting a communication strategy and building a massive social media presence to teach people to think and to spew their hatred, which they don't for what it's worth. These are different. The, the scale is dramatically different. And why yeah. I'm using this scale is Dave Chappelle is very different than your uncle Joe at Thanksgiving telling a dumb transphobic joke. Yeah. These things are not the same. No. They're not the same because the impact and the scope is not the same. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I mean, when you're when you're talking about um you know to use the example of like inciting a riot right like whether or not you are charged with inciting a riot basically just depends on how many people listen to your message and actually riot yeah and so there's an economy of scale you know and freedom of speech is not freedom from consequences and i mean we keep saying this over and over again and they just keep throwing the same stupid things back i love stand-up comedy I love sketch comedy. Uh, I love comedy. What I don't love is hate speech. And if you are the kind of person that feels the need to be edgy, you think it's edgy. You're an edge lord because you know <laughs> you can you're gonna you're gonna tell whatever jokes you want because freedom of speech is important. Ew, just stop, stop right now, stop. Whatever whatever stupid anti-Semitic thing you're gonna say. Whatever stupid transphobic thing you're going to say, it's not cool. You're not an edge lord. You're stupid. You deserve to be canceled because, and by canceled, I mean you deserve for people to go shut the fuck up. Yeah. You know, it's totally okay. Listen, you all love capitalism. Everybody loves capitalism. And so, like, if someone says, yeah, I know, I don't love capitalism, I've said that with my tongue firmly planted in my cheek. Um, but my point <laughs> here is the end of the text is it is not cancellation if you lose money because people think you're a jackass. Yeah. That's just that is just the ebb and flow of public opinion. And so your hate speech, if it loses your money sucks to suck yeah that's what we call the market at work jackasses it's the marketplace and it will dictate so so anyway i just have noticed a whole lot of my god i've heard people like you literally trying to make the word right think happen right think right think and wrong think oh you you know he's losing money because he had the audacity to say things that are wrong think wrong think <laughs> like what? stop trying to make this happen like it's it, listen the things that i am seeing and reading and i just feel like i just wanted to get way out in front of it and just i wanted to just put the line there in the sand which is like i believe in the second amendment i believe in the first amendment i love freedom of speech i love civil liberties but like all of these things kanye Kyrie, Chappelle. This is not, this is just happening because people are insufferable and they're trying, they, they are trying to be edgy and there's a result to that. Your hate speech has, has consequences. F you. That's all. 
right and i mean just like also in terms of like cancellation when people like wring their hands about it constantly and i would highly suggest um a pod called um cancel me daddy um (laughs) which uh which talks all about like uh cancel culture um and like the reality of the fact that like nobody's getting fucking like you can go buy louis ck tickets Dave Chappelle was on Saturday Night Live. Yep. Where's the cancellation? With beautiful glowing, with glowing reviews. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So like, so it it doesn't make someone. You are not owed. You said Louis C.K. You said Louis C.K. And like, I just kind of went a little unhinged. I might have disassociated a minute because. Yeah this rehabilitation of the the this shit like the me too stuff i i it makes me so irrationally angry i can't even take it yeah because like, it's really. nuts what's his name what's his name that stuck his, that was masturbating from cnn is back now oh Isn't my god now? jeffrey tubin. tubin the tube the tubster the tubin right back to work what i'm saying is if cancel culture is real this man masturbated. This, this man literally thought it was a good idea to masturbate on 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 live TV on a work yeah. meeting. Yes. So like, yeah. So I'm sorry. I'm I'm missing any it. other missing human in any normal job would have been fired for that. I yeah. So, Rightfully I, so. I, I'm I'm missing it. I'm missing all of this. Um yeah. if people lose money, they lose money. Everyone is not required to 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 like people. And um, we should be speaking out against hate speech. And that's what it is. It's not just a joke, man. When people are going and they are taking this and they're internalizing it. And they're like, if it's okay to say these horrible things over and over again, and I'm hearing this message over and over and over again in very conventional uh, ways, in conventional spaces, what's more fucking conventional than a Saturday Night Live? Nothing. Nothing, Um, nothing at all. Nothing. so if, if it's okay to keep hearing and hearing and hearing this stuff, you know, then, I mean, we all know we live in a sick and twisted, um, very ill, gun-addled society. So, of course, it's going to keep inching the bar down when when you have these uh, these acts of violence. Of course, of course, though, like, those groups are going to be right at the forefront as, as receptacles for this rage. So fuck you, fuck you, fuck you with your dumb apology. And if I ever hear any one of you in real life say right speak or wrong speak, I'm a punch <laughs> Like this is not, we're not in, this is not, this isn't 1984. No. It's not Animal Farm. Also, like, didn't you read those books when you were 12? Can you read more sophisticated dystopian novels, please? Seriously. And and bin uh so that being said um what's our next we're gonna talk about the election what is our next are are you hexing i did hex. oh you did hex listen yeah a very important thank you for not yeah (laughs) like (laughs) jesus christ that was what five minutes ago yeah, but I they know, were important. They were important hexes. It's okay. It's okay. Um, 
I, I too am uh, out of my mind. Um, like I even commented on it now that I'm remembering. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Um, so last week we got, uh, we talked a little bit about the election results with Malcolm. And uh, this week we're going to talk a little bit about the election. I would just like to say I was reelected as the PACE chair for the Southern Region of PSEA at our House of Delegates this week. And the enthusiasm in that Uh room of these teachers from all over our region when we talked about how Josh Shapiro got elected and Austin Davis got elected and John Fetterman got elected and we reelected several pro public ed candidates in our region and we added like four new ones and like there was so much excitement like buzzing in that room that I haven't seen in a very long time and it gave me a little bit of hope because I feel like we all got to a point in this cycle where we just didn't have anything left to give and if it didn't end the world was gonna and so like I'm just happy that it's over Um, but yeah. it was really nice to like see that kind of excitement on people's faces when we we're talking about like look at what we were able to do. Um, and like you did this you guys helped to do this and it was really cool and it made me feel smiley for like five minutes you know five minutes I'll take five minutes when I can get it yeah that's that's correct like it's it is really cool I think to see um, the level of engagement um, and a lot of in many many election years uh you know, if you're not one of the diehards that just always around because we're sick, sick people, um, <laughs> then, you know, you can get um, disillusioned and feel like there's never any change um, and nothing ever moves. Uh, but this year, I think we made quite a lot of movement and, and it, I it hope was... that that, yeah, I hope it sticks Sorry. with people. Yeah. Well, and I think like why I was so happy to see that is like I wasn't really seeing a lot of that enthusiasm because everyone's fucking tired because for the last two even year election cycles it has felt like the world was literally going to end if we didn't win and that's exhausting and so like I know everybody was having trouble getting volunteers this year and like getting people to remain engaged and that was that was just like another layer of stress and a very stressful cycle so it was nice to see people like being celebratory now that it's over um I don't know I just felt like I didn't really see a lot of that you know from us sure but it's also because we were always telling everyone like do this work and also we're so tired (laughs) do the work but oh my god we're so tired um and being able to like see that from uh, I don't know like not the usual suspects like you said was just nice I don't know yeah very very nice um I love, I just, it's really great to see people getting involved. Um, I think there was, you know, if I look back at like 20, the aftermath of 2016, um, there were a lot of people that got involved after that. And it was very hard not to be like, oh, so now you're showing up. Um, 
but obviously for the sake of like always you know wanting to bring more people into into the work you gotta like push that aside like it's it can occupy one small corner of your brain and you can talk about it with the people that are always there but like um but then you have to like be nice and um and bring people into the fold uh because you know there's no wrong time to show up just when you when you get to it when you when you get there do it um but you know ne- at this point i am so deeply grateful given how like deeply exhausting um as you pointed out how deeply exhausting everything has been um i'm grateful for every single new person that wants to do a thing yeah i want to co-sign that like 100 percent and and also um so i mean if you look if you look at our turnout trends here in pa i mean there are areas that are exceptions and i i mean i won't i won't call them out yet in the episode who knows maybe we'll get there but um (laughs) I mean, it's important. It's important, but overall, um, you know, our 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 turnout trends. What we can kind of take away from them is because I had the same enormous concerns. I'm like, I'm not seeing the frantic level of activity that like I saw in 2018 that will make me think that 22 is going to have a similar turnout level. But you know what? It's because the work that we've done has worked, and now people know they have to show up to vote. Yeah. That's that's really like one of my key takeaways. I I do, um, you know, as always, want to just beg people to knock more doors always. But <laughs> ever, I just want to say though that I mean there there is an argument to be said for the fact that like we we are successfully training people to show up outside of presidentials. I do believe that. I believe that the work incrementally is working on a certain segment of voters and especially the youth vote. So like also on the, you know, I think of like who showed up in 2017 to like volunteer in like the first six months. Oh my God, Trump was elected. It's like the rule of halves. So when you're organizing, you always go on the rule of halves. Like you invite a hundred people to something, even if you do confirm calls, 50 might show up so like general rule um so I feel like the fact that I would say a good 25 percent of the newly engaged people or more showed up and have stayed pretty engaged at least in even and I'm very specifically saying even numbered elections because everybody still forgets about municipal I want to lift up some stuff is that some of the preliminary voter data, um, so like we know, right? Like we're not gonna have the the demographics outside of wildly inaccurate exit polls, typically wildly inaccurate <laughs> until January. But in 2014, we had 42% turnout statewide for a gubernatorial election. In 2016, for a presidential, we had 70.1%. In 2018, remember the blue wave of 2018, 58.2%. We increased the 2020 presidential turnout by 6% to 76.1%. And this year, we increased about another percentage point over the blue wave 
of 59.4% in 2022 statewide turnout. I desperately want to see our non-presidential, even-numbered year turnout be that 70%. Because the one thing that we know over and over and over and over again, and why you get so many text messages and phone calls and mailers, is because when Democrats show up, when it's a high turnout election for Democrats, Democrats win, right? This is why people in, in my space, in the day job, like there is a reason that we do so much around vote by mail because it's like three to one, four to one Democrats to Republicans voting by mail. And if you turn in that ballot, man, are you going to get a lot of questions? Turn it in because when Democrats turn out, we win. Right. So, yeah. And just whenever you're done. Oh, I have even more. OK, well, yeah, um, the higher the turnout, then I'll add my commentary. Yeah, quick. we had so the no, the we also we had higher mail-in ballot return in 2022 over 2020. Even higher. Now the the mail-in ballot requests went down, which is like expected. You know, the pandemic, Pennsylvanians aren't super duper used to it. We need a lot more ease of access with mail-in ballots too, but that's like a whole democracy conversation in months from now. But we had 80 at the early numbers, and that's not like because there were still provisionals and shit. Um, But we had 87.5% mail-in ballot return, which is a couple points higher than even the 2020 election when like it was this huge new flashy thing that everybody knew about. And it's becoming the one trend we're seeing is that it is becoming second nature for a large, amazing population of voters, which is super helpful. Also, interestingly, younger people are voting in person. Yeah, there's my data. <laughs> um, so I was listening to an interview with an Australian professor, and I wish I could place where it was from, um, but I am going to say there is a 99.9% chance that it was on Boxes Today Explained and at podcast and so you know Australia has mandatory voting and they were walking through um she was walking through pros and cons and one of the things that she said really stuck with me because it was they they feel very strongly in their research that they've done on representative democracies um that the moment you dip below 80 percent um turnout in an election like 80 80 to 85 is where they they like absolutely try to keep things because once you get below that it starts to have non-representative effects on your government so the higher you get your turnout the more your government looks like and can represent the needs of your actual populace and um yeah, and, and so they were quoting a whole bunch of research studies, you know, that when 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 your poor population is voting, when you're, you know, people who are more traditionally disenfranchised, when your homeless population is voting, when everyone is coming to the table to cast a vote, you end up with a representative democracy that represents the needs of the people better, and you're also electing a lot more diverse individuals. And um, and that really, really kind of stuck with me because can you imagine 
a a world where we could get 85% turnout. <laughs> Imagine why are, you know, what are our government like, because when, when only, when only, or not only, but when the preponderance of voters are more economically well off, when they are whiter, when they are more privileged, um, then the government obviously is going to be taking care of their needs more and being more attentive to their needs because they need their votes. And so, I mean, it was just to imagine a world with 85 to 90% turnout and what that would do for us in terms of what we could demand from our government, a representative democracy, that would be amazing. And I think you saw those differences. Like you can say that, and I'm I'm not going to say nationally, I'm going to go, I'm just going to stick to like Pennsylvania, right? But mm -hmm. I'm just going to use a national example. Pennsylvania turnout in 16 versus 20, mm -hmm. right? We increased turnout by 6%. The other thing, and I, I'm seeing it here in my notes is like, <clears throat> excuse me, when we do, um, when we track voters, it's like, you know, how many of the most recent elections has this person voted in, right? So we call them a one out of four, two out of four voter, low turnout voters. Low turnout voters were just on like some early numbers back. Low turnout voters are becoming more engaged now. And that's what we want. So it's really interesting. Um, so they're like not so low turnout anymore. And I think we're going to see some adjustments in some of the like low turnout voters going forward and making sure that we continue engagement with them but hey guess what if you're continuing engagement with low turnout voters please don't fucking gatekeep yeah the other thing i'm going to say about the election i have seen in the last week so there's like there's things that i think we all do professionally right like I know where my organization stood and I know what our numbers were and I know what we did and blah 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 right so I know the level of of spend that we had in the state on both sides of the wall to get people elected and it doesn't take a lot of research to find out who else in state and I'm not talking about DC money to find out who else in state spent money but if I hear one more basic white dude take credit for their work in this election when malcolm said it perfectly on our last episode everyone played a part nobody was more or less i know what i'm doing for my job i know it was a part right and like you can't for any if anyone is taking credit for the election tell them to shut the fuck up because it was 100 a group effort of a lot of voters a lot of volunteers a lot of party people a lot of candidate infrastructure and a lot of organizations it was not one singular thing and if you hear anybody say that please fucking smack them yeah so when i found out we were doing election review i had to get rid of my original hacks which was overly reductive um election takes which mm -hmm. which is like 
which are like beautiful fields of poppies right now. Everywhere you look, there's another overly reductive take, whether it's a national take on what happened in Pennsylvania or an overly reductive take from within the state, um, which are two totally different things. Like Katie was kind of touching upon the overly reductive from within, but there's also the overly reductive from outside from the national media, which is like, Betterman wore a hoodie and we need to replicate that. And it's like, no, 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 no. And that's not even what the article said. I mean, don't, don't discount for what it's worth. You don't, don't discount the work that someone has done on the ground for, you know, for six years and say that it was all just because they wore a hoodie. Um, that's that kind of reductivism, but it's also larger. It's like, I feel my takeaway, both in Pennsylvania and nationally, my takeaway is that we don't know like shit. Like we cannot sit around and read tea leaves and prognosticate and have all of these like big old takes. Like, and like, I feel like this cycle, there was a whole lot of running around after polls and then trying to like have some kind of take based on them where you're like, abortion is the number one issue. No, it's the economy. No, it's this. The voters want this kind of candidate. No, they want that kind of candidate. Or no, they, you know, and and the reality of the situation is that I think the takeaway that I see is that we need a return to extraordinarily hyper-localized organizing hyper-localized candidates, hyper-localized um, bench building. Um, this is, it's not one size fits all, you know? Like the Deech- And it takes time. Oh, it absolutely. It's not time. easy. No, it's not easy at all. Mm -hmm. But like, I think that, like I said, the largest thing is like, like let's, this whole like Mr. Potato Head build a perfect D-trip candidate you know, yeah. like and just kind of put it together like Mr. Potato Head and then like this this based on the polling has got to be it baby this is going to be a slam dunk in District X and it's like and then it falls flat it falls flat if so if it's not authentic if it's not authentic if it's not if and by it I mean the Potato Head <laughs> which I'm now referring to as it which is terrible um but I'm just saying, if if these campaigns are not authentic and their messaging is not authentic to who the candidate is, they're never going to work. They never do work. And, and there's no shortcut to that. And like, so to me, when I look out, because there were tremendous wins and there were also like, there were plenty of losses and that is the takeaway to me is we have got to get away from this, trying to think that we can read these tea leaves the way we think that we can based on the magic of polling. Also, I'm going to chime in aside from the magic of polling. Oh my God, the way all of the, the way this place turned out to vote, the way that place turned out to vote. Like, mm -hmm. This is where the hyper-local organizing comes in. I have had now four people, four people, if anyone wonders why I was cranky on Friendsgiving weekend, I am up to four people 
who have asked me, what's going on in your town? All of your elected officials are Democrat. How many fucking times have I had to say this to people? Of course, my House candidate lost because it's a one and a half to one Republican town. Well, we thought that they were liked. I was like, really? You think a local council person is actually liked for a statewide House race out here when it's one and a half R to one D? Like, are you nuts? Also, let's be real. Okay. Like, and this is what I'm saying about like this prognosticating or tea leaves reading. The electorate is squishy. The electorate is irrational. Squishy is a technical term. Yeah, it is. And listen, squishy is the technical term. It is a squishy electorate right now. And because you like Democrat A, does not guarantee that you will like or vote for Democrat B. And, And vice versa for Republicans. And you can see it in the PA results by the tens of thousands of votes. So like you cannot make a, you can't make, these overly generalized party assumptions. You can't, I mean, you cannot. And the smaller the race gets, the less you can make them. We um, Can we talk about how good this election has been for um, epic meltdowns on Fox News? <laughs> I don't watch Fox News, but I always True. catch the clips afterwards. And like the amount of times that I have seen shared the like, clip about how fox news is saying that like young women who are unmarried are going to be the downfall of society and if we could just marry off these women then suddenly they'll become republicans um yeah. and that like young cat ladies are destroying the economy and like all these <laughs> go you and get it young cat ladies it just it gives me <laughs> such joy to to watch them but also it's really disgusting like it's really yeah. fucking disgusting that these white men of wealth will sit on on national television and talk about how young unmarried women are the downfall of society um and and it's just gross like it's really gross i do like watching them cry um but at the same time i want to harm them so like it's well they're corporatizing (laughs) listen they're corporatizing and politicizing incel culture and um blame the women for everything that's wrong that's why our men can't have sex that's why men aren't having sex is because the women would Uh rather pet a cat and you know what like honestly yeah sometimes yeah um hello all the time okay all the time high preference for pat ketting pat ketting spicy kitty spicy kitty but listen though but this goes back to that like oh overused term overused term uh but i'm gonna use it which is the the and i'm probably gonna say it wrong because i have a really hard time pronouncing it Uh, (laughs) it's worcestershire sauce it's not it's the it is the the 2020s political version of worcestershire sauce which is i can't shiitake mushrooms S P H A. Hold on, watch. I'm gonna make my phone. I have no idea what you're even trying to say. I'm so excited to find out what this word is. It's gonna be like umbrella or something completely unrelated to whatever it is. Stop! Stop! That's not even funny. You're gonna make your phone say it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that for you. Um. Also, my child is definitely not hiding at my feet as I'm trying to stretch out my back 
that's not a thing that's happening at all yeah (laughs) okay okay how to pronounce (laughs) listen sometimes i just there are words that i just can't i can't do it like i try so hard and then i just can't make it happen but here we go here we go at least i can admit this Oh, I have do not disturb. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> you bitch. Stochastic terrorism. Stochastic terrorism. Okay. Say it Wait, again. Say it again. Stochastic. Teach me. Teach me your ways. Stochastic. Stochastic. What does that Stochastic. mean? I'll read you the definition as well. Would you be so We're kind. gonna learn all about it. Teach me, teach. Because that's what it is when they keep saying these things. Is they what they're doing is they're trying to cre- create a narrative. Well, that's uh, all they do. It's just that their narratives are all bullshit. I'm dying. Don't mind me. Okay. Scotastic terrorism is the public demonization of a person or group resulting in the incitement of a violent act, which is statistically probable, but whose specifics cannot be predicted. Uh, nightclub shooting in Colorado, what? Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, men shooting at massage parlors. What? Yeah. So anyway, that's what they're doing. Is that word that I know? Say it again. So fantastic, statistic terrorism. That's what they're doing. And even though it seems really benign, like, but when they go on every single night on the number one rated news show and talk about how women are frigid bitches who don't give it up to men anymore because they're Democrats who would rather pet cats this this is part of it. yeah it yeah more yeah. people are going to get injured because or killed. what you do then is you think when you're at the gym or when you're looking real hot and you're wearing leggings or like and you see you always think as a woman and increasingly wow is that like is somebody gonna like literally bust into here and like am i am i gonna be the victim of a mass shooting and that's real am i gonna be raped am i gonna be you know And as an educator, I feel that super strong because we deal with this epidemic of mass shootings in schools all the time. And sorry, if you can hear his uh, whatever, and we have to practice for it. And like, that's terrifying. I do not like to park my car in parking garages when I'm by myself. Cause like, you just don't know. I don't like last night when I got back from the band festival, I had to park the van all the way up at the high school but like back behind the high school and then I had to like walk all the way down to the middle school to where my car was and it was pitch black outside and I was terrified and I'm like on my on the grounds of the place where I work right and that's just me and I'm a paranoid person so like whatever but it just sucks and like so many people on this earth deal with this all of the time and have been dealing with it for so much longer and so much more like severely than what I will ever experience and like it just blows my mind that we continue to allow these people to have a platform and like people watch it and they eat it up people in my own family people who I know like watch that shit and think that it's legit 
and it makes my head want to explode. Yeah. And I want to asterisk and say, like, we're not being like whiny ass white bitches. Like, I understand 100% like the layers of privilege involved in this conversation innately. And um, I cannot imagine. I, I seriously can't. I can't imagine dealing with one ounce more anxiety than I already deal with. And that's heartbreaking to me. But like, that's what these fuckers are doing is layering it on. And what it does is it creates a society where you, you I mean, they're basically trying to like beat the, the will to live out of the rest of us. We continue you. to elevate the stature of especially white men mm -hmm. and married conservative white women over mm -hmm. the comfort or ability to live of literally anyone else. Anyone else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So that's very uplifting. Um, <laughs> very, very, very uplifting stuff. Um mm -hmm. Yeah, double middle fingers to them. But the good news is, uh, and whatever, I don't know. I also want to push back. Like, I want to push back on anyone who still tries to, like, push the, the bullshit that voting um, does not matter or is not an adequate, now, an adequate response to the rising tide of fascism. Because I'm going to tell you yeah. something. It's doing all right right now. Is it winning? No. Are we treading water? Yes. And in PA, look, in PA, oh, no, I, I I get it. But I'm no, saying- I mean, like, like literally, you like- You can point to direct things. Yes. Like, so if you're telling me voting doesn't matter, you know what that tells me? If you live in Pennsylvania, that you don't give a flying fuck about anyone's respective freedom. What were anyone's reproductive freedom? Like, what we just did stop that dead in its tracks. For four years, we have a four-year reprieve. Katie, just let me let me go with it. Let us have let us have a glimmer of hope, okay? That I don't all. know what I I zoned out for like half a second. The work is not quite over. No, it's not. The work is not quite over. There's a the little more defense to play. Yeah, of but, course, but it's not as bleak as it could be. Yeah. The point is, we have to keep fighting. I'm not saying that we should not be working other avenues other than electorally in terms of organizing. But right. like, uh, without the electoral work, it all falls apart real quick. I'm sorry to interrupt this very serious conversation, but my child is watching a YouTube ad right now for something uh -huh. called Cat versus Pickle, and I think I just died. Uh, wow, Cat versus Pickle. It's not what you that. think it is. Oh, well, that's not fun. Is it? I don't know what it is. I'm going to find <laughs> it, and I'm going to put it in the chat. I keep thinking that your shirt says ass instead of UMass. And then for a minute, when at first I thought it said the top of the M was a Y and I thought it said yes. <laughs> I love when I fold it. it. When I fold it and all you can see is this. Ass <laughs> Oh my God. I have posted this photo on Instagram. 
Oh my god! <laughs> the shirt you for know, the record says UMass Dartmouth. Yes, where I completed an uh, a master's certificate in education policy just a few months ago. But you know, whoever designed the shirt very intentionally did it so that when you oh fold god it the yeah. way most people fold shirts, they would say ass mouth. That's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, I just I'm trying to, you know. This has been a long year and we, I think, all have to um, figure out how to take it into 23 and do our local work. And certainly, I'm sure we all have our ideas about how we're going to do that. Um, and we're probably going to talk about that a lot. Yes, ma'am. Request. I have a request for anyone out there listening who's in a decision-making um, position of any influence. Once we get those turnout, or just like you know, we get granular with it, maybe in like January on who actually turned out to vote, um, and kind of moved our our margins here in PA. If you would consider taking a look, like a hard look at that, and then maybe making your hires reflective of that reality, we won't have to yell about it ever again. Ding, 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 ding. What a wild ding. idea. That you I mean, have. that could go hand in hand with the white dudes who think that they are God's gift to why elections were won in Pennsylvania. So I'm just saying, just yeah. if you could just look at the data, you know, what they say, facts don't care about your feelings. <laughs> um, that's true. That's very true. Uh, all right. Well, listen, I'm I'm gonna bring us in for a landing because Friendsgiving was a lot. Friendsgiving was. was a lot. I'm feeling speculative, speculative, but I'm also feeling hungry. So, <laughs> and I think we all know how much I love and need food. Uh, so number one, uh, we have some events. Uh, the Dauphin County Dems Holiday Party is December 3rd. The Northumberland County Dems Holiday Party is December 17th. Um, and I feel that if memory serves, the Huntington County Dems Holiday Party is December 8th um or something to that effect i didn't know so many democratic parties had holiday parties the northern new york dems are having their holiday party on december 10th oh well god maybe I should we like start holiday considering parties. that we play christmas carol bingo and go over numbers and talk a little shop and then just yeah. like eat cookies and have fun that's a good time that sounds delightful i love that um all right well so see if your local um county is having a holiday party or if uh there's a holiday party near you or maybe some other event um i'm going to attend beaver county's holiday party i'm pretty excited about I, it good lord um if you live in blair county and want to help plan events for the blair dems <laughs> look me up because i don't like event planning um <laughs> well at least not when i'm not getting paid for it um <laughs> So, that being said, uh, of course, don't forget to follow us. Um, 
you know, uh, get get onto our Patreon uh, for so few dollars per month. Uh, you can join our Patreon, get exclusive content. I promise that Angela's content is coming soon. Um, and then we will have content from Katie and then Shanna and then Jen. Um, something like that. Uh, I will have to double check the, the schedule. But uh, exclusive content um, and you get to join our Discord family. Uh, truly a delightful family. A growing and delightful family um, who I, I just don't know what I would do without at this point, honestly. Um, and you can, you can be amongst us. So with that, uh, many thanks to my co-witches, uh, Katie, Angela, Shanna, uh, as always, our mysterious and delightful producer, Dr. Ack. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Night Caucus. Subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to pods. Uh, and again, join our community by becoming a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash The Night Caucus. All right. Hi. Eat turkey or something. Gobble, gobble. <laughs>